Hello, everybody. It is Michael back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate you guys' support on the show a ton. Make sure to check out my gaming channel linked in the description. I uploaded my first video, uh, Miami Dolphins uh, Man 21 rebuild. Definitely would recommend uh, checking that out. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, most teams have played three games at this point. I'm going to be doing my first week NBA awards. There's a ton of teams I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jaguars getting the number one pick. And then there's three NFL games I'm going to talk about as well. Uh, let's get right into the episode. First, I want to talk about my week one award, starting off with MVP. Uh, for number one, I had to give it to Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. They've been playing some very, very impressive basketball to start the season so far. Uh, and in their two games, Trey Young has played excellent averaging 36 and a half points on phenomenal efficiency 55.6 percent for the field 46.2 percent from three he started to really really master how to get to the free throw line getting to the free throw line 15 and a half times per game and then uh hitting 13 and a half per game so he's really really generating a lot of easy buckets for himself uh there also getting eight assists doing the great playmaking as he always does i've just been so impressed with how trey young has started off the season and it's shown in the atlanta hawks record they have a much better squad around him now he's got a lot more help and he's taking full advantage of that playing some great basketball Number two, I had to give it to Kyrie Irving. They are 2-1. and one. They did lose their last game uh, to the Charlotte Hornets, but Kyrie's still been playing some very, very good basketball. He's been incredibly locked in, averaging 29.3 points per game on 61% uh, from the field. Ha is averaging 56% from three as well, taking 8.3 a game, is playmaking, getting six assists a game. And I've just been so impressed. He's showing off his full offensive arsenal and is just playing some of the best basketball I've seen him play in a long, long time. And it's been really fun to watch Kyrie. Had to give him some recognition for this. And then number three, this is definitely a bit of a weird one, but I gave it to Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton has been hoop in this season and if you know me i've been critical about uh colin sexton in the past so i always uh like to admit when i'm wrong and then when players are proving me wrong because at the end of the day i'm rooting for all these guys to succeed because the more the more great basketball players we have the better uh watching it is and uh, Colin Sexton is off to a really, really hot start this season, averaging 27 points a game on phenomenal efficiency, 59% uh, of the field, 67% from three, only taking three threes a game. I would definitely like to see him take a little bit more, but he's just been killing it in the mid-range area, getting to the basket and finishing well. And I mean, the Cavs are 3-0 and as well. Like he, These aren't just empty stats that mean nothing. The Cavs are winning game. They just blew out the Sixers. They've been playing some of the best basketball I've seen them play in a while. So had to give some recognition to Colin Sexton. He's been playing great, and he's my third MVP candidate. For most improved player, uh, number one, I had to give it to Ja Morant. I mean, second, players usually, second year players usually won't get the award. But I just had to show some love to Jaw and the way he's been playing. I think we all expected him to take a pretty uh, substantial leap, especially while uh, his second best player, Jaron Jackson Jr., was out. But the leap he's taken is really, really special. So far, he's averaging 36 points, 8 assists. The Grizzlies are 2-0, two tough losses for them. But he's done everything he can in those uh, couple of games, just playing so, so well. Still would like to see him uh, hit free 
uh, hit threes at a better rate, but he's attacking the basket, getting to the free throw line eight times a game, which I definitely like to see from him. Uh, he's playmaking like he always does, and he's just definitely uh, taken a very clear leap, and definitely that's why I had to give him some uh, love for most improved player. Number two, I gave it to Christian Wood. Now, you have to consider they only did play one game. It was just an absolute thriller against the Trailblazers where they did narrowly lose. But Christian Wood played so good in this game. Uh, you really saw him take advantage of uh, having James Harden on his team now. That pick and roll and pick and pop was just absolutely deadly because, I mean, they're too, uh, there's two really really talented offensive players so you gotta have to uh, pick your poison at that point and James Harden was killing it that game he had 44 and 17 and a lot of those were to Christian Wood who didn't even hit a three in this game which I think is one of his be better abilities this is his ability to shoot the three ball uh, at the big man position but he was just finishing at the basket so well catching lobs got 13 rebounds three of those being offensive three assists a block in there he just played great in that first game still would like to see more but it's a lot of me projecting as well because I think Christian Wood is going to have such a good season, and I think this is just the start of it. Now, number three, I give it to Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is off to a very, very hot start this season. Now, I obviously expect it to cool down, but, I mean, he's averaging 26.7 points per game so far on really good efficiency, 52% from the field, 43.3% from three on 10 a game. He's been incredibly aggressive, has got to the line six times a game. Uh, he's just been playing really, really good on the offensive side of the ball, especially scoring-wise. Uh, and yeah, I've been really impressed. It's definitely helped by the crazy game he had against the Cavaliers, but he's played well in the other games, uh, and he's proven why he should be a starter on this roster for now at least. Uh, now moving on to Rookie of the Year. At number one, I got James Wiseman. James Wiseman has been playing some very impressive basketball for the Golden State Warriors so far. Definitely got to give him... Uh, a ton of credit with a team that has definitely been disappointing so far. He's been playing very well. Uh, he's averaging uh, 18.5 points per game. He's shooting uh, he's actually 14.7 points per game. Shooting the three ball really, really well, which is the thing that impressed me the most is his jump shot has very clearly improved uh, in the time he was away from uh, college. He is shooting two threes a game and is shooting 83% on them. Obviously, I don't expect that to keep up, but it's just still a very nice sign to see him shooting the three ball the way he is. And he's shooting it with confidence. He's getting to the mid-range area as well and shooting those well. Still would like to see him be a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball because they're definitely having him uh, play a pretty uh, like safe role where he's dropping on screens. He's not really stepping up, uh, and I think he's going to need to do that at some point if he really wants to be an elite defender, but he's still protecting the basket well, uh, rebounding the ball well enough, and yeah, definitely been impressed by uh, how James Wiseman has been playing so far. And then number two, I have Anthony Edwards. Uh, he's had some really good games here and there. Still is someone who has a tendency to take a bad shot, and his efficiency isn't, hasn't been great so far. Like shooting 5.73s a game and just shooting 23.5%, which was everybody's worries coming into the NBA, which is uh, will his bad shot making be a problem? 
and it has somewhat been a problem, but he's still uh, being a nat- the natural scorer that he is. I really like uh, how the Timberwolves have been using him. They've been really taking advantage of his strength. Uh, they've been putting him like in the post a lot. He's been attacking the basket very, very well, which I like to see. Only is getting to the freezer line two times a game, which I definitely would like to see him get there more because I think uh, he could be a crazy free throw generator with just how strong he is and how good of a finisher he is. Uh, but yeah, I like a lot of the things I've seen from Anthony Edwards, and he's been playing some pretty good basketball through these uh, first three games. On uh, at number three, I gave it to Precious Achua. There's a lot of guys I was considering putting here. I was considering putting Cole Anthony because he's been playing such good defense. Uh, I was considering putting Patrick Williams because he's been pretty solid, but I wanted to give some love to Precious. Uh, He's only been playing 16.6 minutes per game throughout the first uh, two games, but he's brought just some really, really nice energy off this Miami Heat bench. He's averaging 9.5 points per game. Uh, He's been really thriving uh, around the basket, running the floor super well, uh, rebounding it a little bit, playing good defense, is averaging 4 fouls per game in the only 16.6 minutes per game but again i just really like the energy the spark he brings off the bench for the heat he just fits so perfectly into that culture where uh even though i didn't like him just strictly as a prospect that much when i when he got picked by the heat i liked that pick i liked him as a player a lot more just because of how well he fits with that team and i think they're going to develop him to being a really really good player bless me now moving on to Defensive Player of the Year. At number one, I had to put Miles Turner. I mean, he's averaging 5.7 blocks per game throughout the first three games so far. Like, that's just ridiculous right there. And the Pacers have been playing some very, very good basketball to start off this year, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And he's a big reason why uh, he's been protecting the rim really, really well. At number two, I put Ben Simmons. He's just continuing being the great defender that he is. I mean, he's averaging 2.3 blocks and 1.7 steals per game. He's just absolutely everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He's just absolutely everywhere on the defensive side of the ball. He's someone who I believe can truly guard one through five, and he's showing that ability by playing excellent perimeter defense while still getting involved on the interior uh, rebounding the ball well on the defensive side. Like, he's just been doing everything that you'd want uh, out of him on that side of the ball. And I've been really, really impressed with how he's played. And then number three, I put Jared Allen. Uh, the Nets have been playing some surprisingly pretty good defense. And I think a lot, of, a lot of that is because of a guy like Jared Allen. He's been protecting that paint very, very well, averaging 2.3 blocks per game. Always has been such a good rim protector, and that's why everybody knows him for. Rebounding the ball well on the defensive glass, but he's just doing exactly what he's asked, which is to stand at the rim, uh, to block shots, and then to affect uh, the other team's shots. So, yeah, I've been impressed with how he's played on that side of the ball so far. And that was my first week NBA awards. Now getting into some teams I want to talk about. First with the Atlanta Hawks. They did end up just winning a game over the Memphis Grizzlies. It was a pretty uh, fun one between two of the best and brightest young guards in the entire league uh, with John Morant and with Trey Young. Uh, And Trey Young has just been playing some amazing basketball so far this year. In this game, he had 36 points, 9 assists, 
uh, is really, really getting good at getting to the free throw line. Got to the line 17 times this game. And while he's definitely uh, doing some stuff that people are going to be annoyed by, and that sometimes is frustrating to watch when he's like hooking people's arms and stuff like that, doing a lot of the things that like James Harden does, at the end of the day, it is very, very effective. And people like James Harden do it for a reason because it's so easy to generate a lot of points with that. And Trey Young is already learning how to uh, to master that I've been impressed by how the wings are playing DeAndre Hunter is just playing some really good basketball just doing exactly what he's asked being a three and D wing hitting those threes and then playing some really good defense on the other end get involved on the glass as well like to see that uh, and I've been really impressed with uh, them mostly due to how they're playing with missing multiple key rotation pieces. I mean, they're missing Gana uh, Gallinari in this game. They've been missing Clint Capella and Yeka Kongwu. Uh, uh, the big man position is really, really weak for them, considering John Collins is naturally a four, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, fits much better at the four. Uh, but guys have been stepping up. A guy like Nathan Knight played phenomenal in this game, uh, and he's someone who I definitely knew had the talent, especially on the offense side of the ball. He's a very, very skilled offensive player, and, I mean, we saw then him only playing eight minutes and 35 seconds but getting 14 points on awesome efficiency got to the line five times in that short amount of time hit two of his three threes like he's super talented on that side of the ball it's just my worries with him on defense is why i was pretty low uh on him but uh, i was impressed with what i saw in this game kevin herter came off the bench and played great as well scoring 21 points uh, hit four of his five threes. I really like his role off the bench for them as someone who could just be a flamethrower and could be an aggressive scorer because uh, that's his main role. Like, he's not much of a defender. He's not much of anything other than just a scorer and a shooter. So him playing, like, a six-man type of role for uh, them I think is a really, really good fit for him uh, and the team and is going to allow them to succeed. So I was really impressed with how they performed that one because, again, you got to get they're missing a lot of key rotation pieces so i'm excited to see how they play when they're healthy uh and it's going to be interesting because that may affect them in a bad way like they're they're already playing such good basketball missing those guys and you got to spread the pieces of the pie even more when you have so many good players on this team and this is my thing with the hawks uh, ever since they made those acquisitions like I didn't criticize them too much because they got a lot of talent on their roster and they're going to be a lot better than they were last year they're helping Trey Young a ton which is what you should do you got to satisfy your young star uh, your young star's needs and they're doing exactly that but it also is going to make things difficult for a guy like Onyeka Kongwu coming into his rookie season when these other bigs are uh, playing some good basketball or these wings because there's a lot of wings on this roster with Bogdanovich with Hunter with Cam Reddish with Gallinari with John Collins Kevin Herter there's so many wings on this roster that are all going to be competing and fighting for minutes so I'm definitely excited to see uh, how they all play when they come back they were great against the Bulls, who look like one of the worst teams maybe even the worst team in the entire league Trey Young absolutely dog them i mean dude scored 37 points and missed two shots he was absolutely ridiculous in this one cam reddish was pretty solid scored an efficient 15 john collins an efficient 14 deandre hunter only missed one shot scored 11 
Gallinari scored 13 on good efficiency. Like, everyone was killing this Bulls team. They looked so terrible. Uh, and they just absolutely blew them out in this one. So, yeah, I really like what I've seen from the Hawks so far. They've been playing some of the more impressive basketball out of anybody. And I definitely got to give them credit for that. Next team I want to talk about is the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings look fun again. This team is giving me vibes of the team that nearly made the playoffs and was just one of the most fun teams in the entire league. They look like they're back to that, and they've been really exciting to watch so far this season. I love the way De'Aaron Fox has been playing. He's been playing with that really up-tempo style that was so successful for them, and it was so confusing to me why they went away from that last year. But now he's healthy, and he's just playing very solid in their crazy game against the Nuggets. He scored 21, 7 assists as well. Uh, didn't do it on great efficiency, but still had a solid game overall. Buddy Heald was awesome in this one. Had that crazy tip in to win the game. Hit five of his 11 threes. Harrison Barnes had a good one in this one. Scored an efficient 21. Marvin Bagley definitely wasn't great. Missed all four of his threes and uh, only hit five of 15 shots as a whole. But I'm so happy to see Marvin Bagley healthy because he's such a talented player when he's out there. But he's been really, really... Uh, unfortunate with injuries so far in his young career like it feels like I've barely even seen Marvin Bagley play so I'm I'm really excited to see how we can play this year Corey Joe came off the bench and was really nice 15 points four assists uh, one steal two blocks like he was great I love uh, that Tyrese Halliburton in his very young career is getting a lot of action uh, he played 30 minutes in this one hit two of his five threes scored 12 points overall uh, had four assists as well. I just think he's one of the rookies that can make the more immediate impact in the league because he is a two-year college player, and he's just so well-rounded at everything. Like, he's a good shooter, good playmaker, good defender already. He can basically do everything out there, so I really like to see him get involved. I like when they run, like, a three-guard lineup with uh, Fox, Halliburton, and Heald and really, really get that up-tempo pace going. Uh so I like what I saw out of them in this one. It was a really impressive win over a really good uh, Nuggets team. And then they've been playing well in their other games as well. They uh, have had some pretty good competition. They've played against the Suns twice. Did lose the most recent game. Uh, but other than that, they uh, played well against the Suns in their first game against them. Uh, got a 106-103 win. This was another super close game with them. Uh, this is what has been so exciting. The games have been so close, so intense. De'Aaron Fox was awesome in this game again. 24 points, 7 assists. Got to the line 8 times. Hit 3 of his 7 threes. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton didn't really play that well at all in this game. But still, like to see him get involved with his 26 minutes. Uh, like, they didn't even play a great game by any means in this one they shot 22 percent from three but they were playing some very very solid defense uh and we're just playing like a team they they just look so much uh happier out there everything just looks so much brighter uh in sacramento than it did last year sacramento last year was depressing they were just a bad team who weren't playing the style of basketball that we all thought they should have been playing and they just look a lot more fun this year. They did lose uh, by 16 uh, to the Suns in this most recent game. But I'm not even going to be super critical. Because the Suns should be a better team. And the Suns are a very, very good team this season. They've been playing some solid basketball so far. Cameron Johnson came off the bench and scored 21 for them. Um, 
What? And then De'Aaron Fox struggled in this one. Buddy Heald struggled in this one. It had all the recipes uh, for them to lose, but still like what I've seen from the Kings so far. They look like they're going to be a league pass team again, uh, and I'm just happy to see uh, them look like a fun team again and uh, make me actually want to watch them play basketball again because, yeah, last year was just not it at all. They're going back to what was working, and it's really, really exciting to see. Next team I want to talk about is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They are off to a hot start this year, 3-0 and so far. Uh, they beat the Charlotte Hornets in their first game where uh, they just played some solid basketball all around. Like Colin Sexton had a really good game with an efficient 27 points, got to the line nine times. Darius Garland had a great game as well, super efficient, 22 points, six rebounds, six assists. Andre Drummond's. Uh, 14 points was really inefficient in this one, but still pulled down 14 rebounds as you always expect him to do. Uh, Larry Nance had 13 points with uh, 13 rebounds and eight assists as well. Isaac Okoro scored 11 points, had five assists as well, showing off that vision. And then he's already been such an elite perimeter defender this year. It is ridiculous because we all knew he was going to be a good defender coming in this league. But this good, I never could have expected him to already be just so disciplined on that side of the ball and so smart on that side of the ball. It's really, really impressive and just it shows a lot of poise out of such a young player like him to be playing the way he's playing on that side of the ball because it's so hard to transition to the NBA and be a really good defender, even if you were a good defender in college. But nope, he's started off right away by being already an elite wing defender in this league. So got to give a ton of credit to Isaac Okor for the way he's been playing. They also had a nine-point win uh, over the Pistons. Uh, where Colin Sexton and Darius Garland yet again played some really good basketball. Darius Garland, 21 points on good efficiency, 12 assists as well, being that playmaker, which is really, really big uh, for them, for him to be the playmaker, because that's how this is going to work if Darius Sec uh, if Darius Garland is more of the playmaker than Colin Sexton is more of the scorer. Obviously, Darius is still going to be aggressive as a scorer, because that's his role, and that's what he's really good at. He's an excellent shooter. Uh, and he's really talented on the offensive side of the ball. And then Colin Sexton was great in this one again. Andre Drummond was super inefficient yet again. Seven of twenty-one is unacceptable. He he needs to he needs to just do what he's good at because he tries to do all this experimenting so much, but a lot of times it just ends out in really ugly results. But he was active on the defensive side of the ball. Four steals, three blocks. Isaac Coral was playing his great wing defense, and they got another one. It wasn't against a great team by any means, but this is what you're supposed to do if you're uh, going to be a good team. you got to get wins over teams that are bad and teams that are good, which they did against the 76ers. Now, you got to keep in mind that Joel Mead was out. Obviously, you have to keep that in consideration, but this is still a really impressive win. I mean, you won 118-94. to 94. They blew them out in this one. Andre Drummond was pretty good, 24 points, 14 rebounds, six of those big offensive, three steals, two blocks. Darius Garland uh, was just solid this one, seven, uh, 14 points, shooting 7 to 15, seven assists as well, called Sexton 22. Uh, like, it was, everyone just uh, spread uh, everything around. Uh, Seti Osmond had 14 points off the bench. Isaac Okoro continues to play his awesome defense, like, I was just so impressed with everything that I saw from them in this game. Uh, they really, really played a good one, and 
uh, and they're off to a hot start, three and zero now, and playing some of the best basketball out of anybody. It's 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 cool to see these bad teams playing some really impressive basketball, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are one of those. Uh, they played much better better than expected, and I got to give them some credit for that. I'm gonna take a break, and I'll be right back to talk about the Indiana Pacers. Okay, I'm back to talk about the Indiana Pacers. They have been playing some amazing basketball to start the year off. I mean, they're 3-0 and now. DeMontis Sabonis continues to just be one of the most underrated players in the entire league. He's been dominating so far. In their first game against the New York Knicks, he had 32 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists. He was excellent. Uh, Miles Turner's averaged 5.7 blocks per game so far. He had eight blocks in this one, which is just ridiculous. Victor Aldipo played a good game with 22-4-4. Four and four. If he can even return to that form, that'd be so amazing for them. Malcolm Brogdon is off to a hot start. He had 21-7-8 uh, in this one. Uh, overall, they just played a very good game and dominated the team that they should be. So, love to see that from them. Uh, and then they also... Uh, have some very impressive wins as well, uh, most recently against the Boston Celtics. Uh, they beat my Celtics 108-107. to This was an absolute war, just back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and the Indiana Pacers came out on top. Simonis was phenomenal again, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, hit the biggest uh, shot of the game, did end up missing the free throw, but it didn't matter because they played some good defense on the last possession and forced Tatum into a bad shot. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon had another good game, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, he was very solid. Miles Turner, 5 blocks, uh, TJ Ward, 17 points. Like, this team is just so well-rounded. Uh, even Doug McDermott had 16 points off the bench. Justin Holiday at 13. Uh, this team, again, is just so well-rounded with so many players who are just genuinely just good basketball players and who know their role uh, very well. Like, all, none of these guys are selfish on the team. They're all willing to spread the pie. None of these guys are ever going to put up the craziest numbers and they're completely fine with that which is why the Pacers have been so just consistently solid for these past couple of years because everyone is willing to buy in uh, and just all play for each other and play some just really really good basketball uh, they blew out the Bulls who have looked terrible this year but still it's a blowout win uh, it was really, really ugly at some point because they were just completely dominating. So bonus 22, 10, and 11. TJ Warren, 23 points on great efficiency. Miles Turner, four blocks again. Uh, Victor Aldipo, 22, and seven rebounds, two steals. He's been playing really, really solid to start the year, which is awesome to see. Did rest in that Celtics game, which makes sense. I expect them to rest a good bit this year, just try and manage that injury as well as they can. Uh, but, yeah, he's been playing some solid basketball, and it's always nice to see him playing well because that was a really rough injury for him, and he's had uh, a rough return so far where he's played uh, very poor at times and has really, really struggled. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon also had 18 points, six assists. Like I said, he's been off to a hot start this year. Doug McDermott, uh, an efficient 12 points off the bench. They're just all playing really well together, playing some really good defense. 
Uh, they got a new coach, and he's been coaching them up well. I love everything that I've seen from the Pacers. They were they were a team that I was worried may just fall behind this season due to them just really not making that many moves in the offseason. And so many other teams in the Eastern Conference got significantly better. But the Pacers are just looking like the same old Pacers that we've seen from the past couple of years where I don't know if they're really a threat in the playoffs, but they're going to consistently be a a good regular season team because they just have so many good players, and they all play really, really well together. Uh, They've been looking like one of the best teams in the NBA, and I've been really, really impressed by the Indiana Pacers so far. Now we're going to talk about a team who has not been playing so good at all in the Chicago Bulls. They've looked like one of the worst teams in the entire NBA so far. And they've been very, very disappointing. Now, were my expectations that high for them? Nah, not really. But this, this is just ugly, man. Like, they got blown out by the Hawks in the first game where they were playing some of the worst defense that I've ever seen on Trey Young. Like, you're going under the screen on Trey Young. They, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what the game plan was there, but it was very clearly bad because, I mean, he scored 37 points and missed two shots, got to the line 14 times. Wendell Carter, who I praised so much going into this season, looked completely lost on defense. He seemed really in his own head because they've been doing this uh, experiment where he's shooting a lot more jump shots, where he's being more of a playmaker. And it seems like when those things are not going well, he just gets so in his own head and it's affecting him on the side of the ball that I was so confident he was going to be really, really uh, good at. So that's been uh, disappointing for sure. Zach Levine has played solid so far, but hasn't played great. Kobe White was really bad in this game. Nine points on 11 shots. Uh, only shot one of seven from three, two of 11 from the field overall. They've just been so bad on the defensive side of the ball, which is uh, the worry that I had coming into the season is how good or bad would they be on defense? Because I was confident they could at least be a respectable offense with Levine, with Markinen, uh, with Kobe White. But that defense has looked really, really rough. And it's with a coach who's had a consistently pretty good defense, Billy Donovan. All these young guys just look lost out there. Uh, and this is the worst uh, way you could start off a season because now all these guys are going to be in their own head they're uh, going to just be super frustrated and they're not going to be motivated to be out there playing as hard as they can they got blown out by the Pacers as well where uh, it was another night where uh, they just didn't look good on the defensive side of the ball so bonus absolutely cooked them uh, Miles Turner I mean uh, TJ Warren played really well against them and then uh, they struggled to shoot the ball, only shot 37.4% from the field. That's a really, really rough number to look at. Wendell Carter shot 2 of 10 and was, again, just not that good in this game. Uh, Lowry was probably the uh, bright spot of the game, but he only shot 2 of 8 from 3, scored 16 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, Otto Porter shot 4 of 12, like This Bulls team is just really, really struggling in all facets of the game. Like Nothing is going right for them. They're terrible on defense. The offense has been underwhelming. Uh, They don't have the playmaking with Zach Levine and Kobe White. They even lost a heartbreaker to the Warriors, who have looked terrible uh, this 
season so far. They've looked so, so bad, and they lost to this Warriors team. Now, it was a crazy game where Damian Lee hit a crazy uh, buzzer beater shot. I thought Zach Levine got the game winner. I thought they were finally going to win a game, uh, but yet again, they... Uh, lost this one. I'm not again. I'm not gonna rag on them too much because it was just a crazy game. They actually played really well. Shot 51% from the field, 41% from three. Still need to be better on defense though. Like uh, they were definitely not good on defense by any means, uh, and they got cooked by Steph Curry, especially in that fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Steph Curry was killing them. You got to You got to double up on Steph Curry way, way more if you're playing, if you're any team playing the Warriors, because Kelly Oubre has been atrocious this season, and if Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre are beating you, so be it, uh, and they, they definitely just weren't double teaming Steph enough, he got to the basket, got that huge and one, was hitting some big threes, he was just making a lot of plays out there, and they're, they just don't, the Bulls just don't look together as a team now. Wendell Carter was much better in this game. Got to give him credit for that. He looked like the Wendell Carter I've been expecting the entire time. Hit one of his two threes. Uh, hit eight of his nine shots overall. Got 13 rebounds, four of those being offensive. Four assists as well. Was playing some pretty solid defense. Uh, James Wiseman probably had his worst game so far. Shooting three of eight and only scoring seven points. Like Wendell Carter was definitely really solid in this one. So that was a bright sign. Lowry Markkinen was great. 23 points on good efficiency. Zach Levine, 33 points. Again, thought he had the game-winning shot. Even Kobe White had 20. Uh, this one was more of a case that the other team just outplayed them and then hit the big shot. But... Still, they could have played a lot better in this one, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which has been my issue with them uh, the entire year so far. So, yeah, the Bulls are looking like one of the worst teams in the league, and they're they're in trouble. They're really, really in trouble for sure. I've been super disappointed by them so far. Next team I want to talk about is the San Antonio Spurs. They've been off to a good start so far this season. Now, they did lose their most recent game to the New Orleans Pelicans, a really, really close nail-biting game. Uh, but other than that, they've played some really, really good basketball so far. And they look like a team that definitely could be a surprise this year. Marcus Aldridge is being as consistent as ever. He's just such a consistent like 18-20 to 20 point score. Uh, I really like what I've seen from all their young guys. Their young guys have been playing awesome. DeJounte in their first game, 21-6-9. Lonnie Walker, a really efficient 16. He's someone who I think could have an awesome season. Keldon Johnson is continuing the momentum he had in the bubble and at the end of the season. And he was just an absolute steal for them. He is looking really, really good for the Spurs and is looking like, honestly, one of their better young prospects. Uh, and then DeMar's been playing well. He had 28 points uh, in, in their first game. Got to the line 15 times and hit 14 of those. Had 9 rebounds and 9 assists as well. He was just phenomenal this game. Uh, and they were able to beat a Grizzlies team where John Morant scored 44 points. Uh, basically on everyone but John Morant. They were playing good defense, closing out to shooters well. Uh, and I was really impressed by how they performed in their first game. Uh, they also were able to pick up a win in their second game. So they were 2-0. Uh, it was a really, really solid win uh, against the Toronto Raptors, who haven't looked great to start the season, but they are still a good team at the end of the day. Uh, and you got to give 
uh, the Spurs credit for that. I mean, DeMar was great in this one again. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, and he hit 3 of his 4 threes, which is something that really, really impressed me. And he's definitely looked much more willing to shoot the 3 ball this year, which I absolutely love. Lonnie Walker didn't even have a great game in this one. Uh, scored 14 points on 14 shots, shot only 2 of 8 from 3. But I just love to see him getting the minutes that he's getting and then uh, him being aggressive as he has, like, this wasn't a pretty uh, ugly win for them. Like a lot of their guys struggled. Uh, Lamarcus wasn't great in this one. Uh, Dejounte only shot five of fifteen. Did pull down ten rebounds and got ten assists as well. So that was nice to see him get a nice triple double in there. Uh, but they were able to pull out the win. Guys stepped up off the bench. Patty Mills was awesome. Twenty one points on eighty nine percent from the field. Eighty three percent from three. He was. He was really, really good for them. Devin Vassell, even though he's not playing big minutes, is getting uh, someone involved, which I always love to see. And it shows a lot of trust uh, from the Spurs in a guy like Devin Vassell because usually rookies really don't play like at all in San Antonio, usually late into the season. So him already getting a solid amount of tick, I think, shows just how good he's going to be. I think he has a lot of potential. Already pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, already a really good shooter. Uh, if he can uh, just be, create his own shot a little bit better, I think he could be really, really special. So that that was a nice win for them. Started off 2-0 and then had that really close loss, uh, like I talked about, uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans, where they didn't play great in this one by any means. It was definitely uh, a game where both teams just really struggled on the offensive side of the ball. Like the Pelicans only shot 21% from three. Uh, the Spurs only shot 31% from three. Again, it was just a rough offensive game. But uh, Keldon Johnson, a nice 14 points. DeMar really, really struggled in this one, though. Shot three of 12, missed all four of his threes. And he's been someone who's been so consistent at the beginning of the year for them. So I definitely don't expect anything like this to happen really many more times at all in the season. Still did get 10 assists as well, which is really nice to see him just making an impact in other parts of his game. Uh, even when he's not scoring. LaMarcus had another uh, rough game in this one, shooting only seven shots, which I definitely would like to see him get uh, more involved, and then only scoring four points. Lonnie Walker was, again, aggressive, 16 points, hit four of the seven threes. Love to see that from him. DeJounte Murray at uh, 13 uh, seven and three, just a solid game from him. And then Rudy Gay come up, came off the bench and brought a pretty nice spark. Was one of the only guys who was just scoring the ball well. He had 22 in this one. Uh, yeah, they did end up losing, but this was one of those anomaly games where I definitely don't expect them to play this poorly again. Uh, I expect Demar to be much better, and I think the Spurs could be a team that is just surprising. That's a little bit sneaky. They could. Uh, just sneak into like the play-in tournament and they they're going to be a team that I don't think people are just going to want to face because they have a good roster they're well coached and they have a lot of young guys who I expect to just continually get more consistent and continually get better during the season so really like what I've seen from the Spurs so far they've been playing some pretty impressive basketball Next team I want to talk about is the Charlotte Hornets. Now, they aren't off to the greatest start with them being only 1-2. and two. They did have an awesome win against the Brooklyn Nets uh, last night, though, where they were able to pull out a 106-104 to win against a team that looked really, really unstoppable. Uh, Gordon Hayward was just excellent in this one. 28 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. 
Uh, obviously, he's not going to put up that many points consistently, but that's the type of thing that Gordon Hayward can do. He's just so efficient, and then he'll bring that playmaking, get a couple of rebounds, and then play some pretty solid defense as well. So even though that is obviously an overpay for the player he is, uh, with Charlotte being the market that they are, with them being a super small market and them not really getting free agents, I think that contract just makes more and more sense by the day because Gordon Hayward is genuinely just a really, really solid basketball player. Their two guards have been playing very well this season. Devontae definitely struggled in this one. Uh, only shot 5 15, 3 of 9 from 3. Uh, but Terry Rozier's been off to a hot start. Uh, is looking like he's going to have a career year for them after having a career year last year as well. Uh, he had 19, 4, and 5 in this one. Struggled with his three ball, but that's something that's been hidden very well. Lamelo has had some nice flashes, hasn't played great so far, and he's been playing limited minutes just due to those two guards playing very well. Uh, but I do like some of the things I've seen from him. His three-point shot has been hidden pretty well. It's still something that worries me uh, because his uh, wind-up is just super long, and it's still a really weird shot. But, I mean, if it's going in, it's going in. Also had five rebounds and five assists in this game. So I, I do like him just because he, even when he isn't scoring super well, which he's definitely struggled in his young career so far, he will get uh, involved in other parts of the game and is willing to be impactful in other ways uh, that isn't the scoring, which is always nice to see. Uh, Miles Bridges was solid in this game, uh, 10 points. Uh, overall, they just played a pretty decent game, uh, especially on defense, because this Nets team has looked so ridiculous on the offensive side of the ball, so them containing them to 104 points is really impressive, especially considering it's not like one of their stars were resting, and it's not like one of them just played super bad. Both of them were actually really good in this one. Uh, Kyrie had 25, Kevin Durant had 29, but they did a good job of uh, locking up the other guys. Landry Shamit shot 0 of 9 and 0 of 8 from 3. Karis LeVert struggled off the bench. Torian Prince 0 of 5. They just did a really good job of closing out to shooters. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets only shot 36% uh, from 3. And then they made uh, baskets when it mattered most and played some really good uh, basketball down the stretch and in the clutch. So I was impressed by that win uh, for sure. And the Hornets, even though I don't think they're going to be like a crazy good team by any means, they're just going to be fun, and that's what they've been so far this year. Uh, they had a really, really close loss to the Thunder, which Shea hit the awesome game winner for them. It was just, and again, this was just such a fun game. Like, I was having a blast watching this game, even though neither of these teams are really going to do anything. This game was still super fun for me to watch because LaMelo was uh, very solid, 13 points, 6 rebounds in only 15 minutes. Uh, Miles Bridges scored 14 and hit some very, very timely shots. It was massive uh, to close out this game. Uh, and they really came back because I thought this game was over. I'm not going to lie. I turned it off. But then I saw it got close, so I turned it back on. And it was just really fun down the stretch. Uh, Devontae struggled. Uh, only shot 4 of 16. Which he just he really needs to get better at finishing. Needs to get a better mid-range game. Because he's such a good three-point shooter. He shot 3 of 7 from 3 in this one. But he just really, really struggles to finish inside. That's why his three-point percentage was basically like the same as his field goal percentage last year. So he's definitely got to work on that. But he still did have 10 assists in this one. Terry Rozier had 19 points on definitely not great efficiency. P.J. Washington was nice. and I, I just love P.J. Washington so much. I think he's such a solid player. He had 18 points and eight rebounds in this one. Uh, and overall, this was just a fun uh, game. 
with two teams that I think can just be scrappy uh, and have some fun performances. So I definitely uh, enjoyed this game quite a lot. Uh, and then they had their game where they lost to the Cavaliers, where Terry Rozier went off. 42 points, hit 10 of 16 threes. Because uh, I didn't watch this game. So when I just saw Terry Rozier put up 42 points, I was like, when did when did this happen? When did Terry Rozier put up 42 points and hit 10 threes? Uh, and it was ridiculous how he performed in this one. Gordon Hayward had a really good game as well in this one. 28 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, doing just Gordon Hayward type of things. Uh, Cody Zeller did end up getting injured, which is definitely going to be a significant loss for him. Uh, for them while he's out because even though he isn't the greatest player by any means, he's definitely better than Bismack Biombo and he's a solid enough starting center. So that's definitely going to be something that hurts them. Lamelo did struggle in this one quite a lot. Zero points. Uh, was one of like three players uh, to be picked in the top three and have a zero point debut. Uh, and yeah, he had some really rough moments of this one for sure. And that's what it's going to be with LaMelo. And LaMelo is going to need patience at the end of the day. He's someone who is going to struggle at times. And he's going to have games like this. But he's got to continue to believe in LaMelo. He's got to trust the process. And, yeah, like what I've seen from the Hornets so far. Now we're going to talk about a team that's off to a pretty rough start. And that is the Washington Wizards. They have now fallen to 0-3 at this point in the season. Completely blew the game against the Orlando Magic last night. They had a big lead going into the fourth and then played some of the worst defense that I've ever seen. Uh, Markel Fultz was absolutely torching them. He put up 26 points. He was very, very instrumental in that comeback with him playing some excellent basketball in the fourth quarter. Again, he was just killing them. Terrence Ross was awesome off the bench. Uh, with 26 points, but this is, again, mostly due to the poor defense of the Washington Wizards because you cannot be allowing a team like the Magic to score over 40 points in a quarter against you, and, and they held the Magic to, like, 13 in the quarter before, so I just don't know what happened there. Bradley Beal really struggled in this one. Uh, hit 10 of 29 shots, missed all seven of his threes. Uh, but it's more my worries about them that I had going into the season, which was always on the defensive side of the ball. I was always confident in them being a really, really good offensive team, and I thought that'd be good enough to carry them. But their defense worries me so much because Bradley Beal is not a good defender. Russell Westbrook's not a good defender, even though he didn't even play in this one. Ish Smith isn't a good defender. Davis Bertans isn't a good defender. Thomas Bryan isn't a good defender. And uh, Denny of Dia is a good defender, but he's a rookie, so you can't even expect too much from him on that side of the ball. Isaac Bong is a solid defender, but it's not like Isaac Bong is going to be giving you good, uh, big minutes. And then a guy like Troy Brown Jr., good defender, but you can't have that little of good defenders on your roster and expect to be this just like awesome team. Like I thought they could be pretty good, but this is definitely not the momentum you want so far, man. 0-3. Uh, and when they're struggling on the offense side of the ball like they did in this game, only shooting 25% from three, they're going to be in trouble. And, I mean, I guess you could say that for every team, but it especially applies with for with them for how bad they are on defense. Uh, Russell Westbrook has been off to a rough start for them so far. Uh, again, he didn't play in the most recent game they lost, but even though he's getting triple doubles, he's been really, really struggling with his shot. That mid-range area, which is usually butter for him and is where he prefers to work at, he's been really struggling to hit those. 
Uh, in their second game, he only shot six of 19, missed all four of his threes. Definitely don't want him taking that many threes. Did get 15 rebounds, 12 assists, and all that triple double stuff is cool. But when you're not winning games and when you're being a really inefficient player who also isn't bringing anything on the other side of the ball, then to me, it just really doesn't matter. Uh, and the Orlando Magic just aren't that good of a team, so... Them letting them, first of all, put up 130 points. That's ridiculous because the Orlando Magic are not a good offensive team. You could, you just simply cannot allow them to put up 130 points on you. Uh, and, yeah, they were bad on the defensive side of the ball again because even though they have players who are really good on offense, a guy like Thomas Bryant, I like a ton on offense. He's become one of the best stretch fives in the league. And I feel like that's a part of his game that is so underrated. But he's really, really rough on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and again, when their offense isn't electric, when they're only shooting 35% from three, and Davis Bertans is shooting three of 11 and two of 10 from three, uh, it just looks rough out there sometimes uh, for them. Yeah, they're 0-3 their first game, and they also lost Russell Westbrook. And then, again, did put up a triple-double, but it just really didn't matter because he had another super inefficient game. This one, they were much more in it. Uh, against a, a very good Philadelphia 76ers team. So I'll give them credit for that. Especially they shot the three ball incredibly in this game. 48% from three. Davis Bertans had a streak where he hit like three threes in a row, which was really exciting. And I do like that he's coming off the bench for uh, Denny as a starter. Because even though I think he's a better player than Denny at this point, uh, Davis Bertans could just bring a really nice spark off their bench. And then Denny's more of a defensive guy. But Russell Westbrook, 9 of 22 in this one. Not the worst of efficiency by any means but still not great and then had some really rough turnovers as well had six turnovers as a whole did get 15 assists so that does kind of balance it out but still has got to play some better basketball thomas bryan wasn't good in this one shooting 13 shots and only scoring 10 points did like what i saw from denny for sure uh, got seven points uh four rebounds one assist one steal uh, it's got to take time with him but he has been pretty solid to start off uh the season so far but again, they did uh, lose this game. Joel Mead killed them on uh, the interior, putting up 29 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, Shake Milton came off the bench and killed them as well with 19 points. They've just looked rough on the defensive side of the ball and are off to a pretty slow start. they got to turn things around sooner rather than later. Because in this 72-game uh, season, you just can't afford to be struggling uh, early on, especially in an Eastern Conference where a lot of teams have been impressive. The Patriots have looked good. The Hawks have looked good. And those are teams that the Wizards are going to need to compete with to make a playoff uh, push. So they just got to play some better basketball. And they got to start winning games right now because you can't fall behind the eight ball when teams are rolling and getting good momentum in this shortened season. And last team I want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns. They've been really, really impressive so far early on the season. They had a close loss uh, to the uh, Sacramento Kings. But other than that, they've uh, played very solid, are 2-1 and one at this point, and are doing everything that I expected them to do. I uh, Mikhail Bridges in their most recent game was awesome. 22 points, hit four of his eight threes, seven rebounds, and we all know how amazing he is on the defensive side of the ball. He's such an elite defender, and it's, it's a pleasure watching him out there on that side of the ball. I would like DeAndre Aiden to definitely be a little bit more aggressive. He's 
it's been a weird start of the season for uh, Aiden because he's had moments where I'm just like, why are you not attacking the glass harder? Why are you not just finishing? Why are you kicking it back out when you get an offensive rebound? Because I think he can be such a dominant offensive force, but sometimes he just lacks the aggression a little bit. Do like to see him expanding his game. He hit one of his two threes in this one, uh, and if he could continue to shoot the three ball and then just be a little bit more aggressive, he's going to be such a ridiculous uh, offensive big had 15 rebounds in this one as well four assists uh chris ball hasn't really been super aggressive as a scorer so far but he's just been facilitating super well he's taken his foot off the gas and really let devin booker just take over be the uh, true star of this team which i love to see and then he's setting up shooters off the bench uh a guy like cameron johnson who had an awesome game in this one with 21 points hit three of his four threes he was really really good um He's setting up a guy like Jay Crowder, who, even though he struggled in this one, uh, has been feeding off Chris Paul. I just love the leadership, and I just love the role that Chris Paul can play for this team now. Because it also is going to extend his career, because he's not putting as much pressure on his body. Uh, he's just being that facilitator for them, and then being a solid defender, and then bringing that veteran leadership. Love everything I've seen from Chris Paul so far. Even if he's not putting up sexy numbers in the box score, he's being the inf impactful player that this team absolutely needed uh and he's going to be the player that helps lead them to a playoff push like i said they did lose uh, this close game to the sacramento Kings, who actually have looked very solid uh this season but this was just one of those games where they really struggled with their shot only shot 25 percent from three uh chris paul wasn't uh great but he wasn't terrible either uh shot eight of 19 uh Two of six from three, but again, was getting guys involved, was facilitating with 12 assists, did have 22 points. Devin Booker had 26. Again, DeAndre Ayton has got to be more aggressive. Only shot the ball five times in this game. For a guy like him, that's unacceptable. you got to be more aggressive than that, Ayton, because you're so, so talented. Scoring nine points and only shooting five shots in 30 minutes, you, you just can't be doing that. Uh, Jay Crowder was really good in this one, put up 17 points. Uh, but overall, their offense just really uh, wasn't great. They did play some pretty good defense as well. It held uh, the Sacramento Kicks to only hitting five threes in this game and shooting only uh, under 22% as a whole. Uh, and then they had an impressive win uh, over the Dallas Mavericks uh, for their first game of the season, where, again, they didn't uh, do great things on the offensive side of the ball. It was definitely more of a defensively focused game. They had Luka really struggling at the beginning. Overall, he still had a solid game. Uh, definitely wasn't great. Uh, but they definitely held up at the beginning. And th then they just really held the Mavericks team as a whole to struggle with their three-point shot. Shot 9 of 37 from 3. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, 1 of 6, Luca 0 of 6, uh, Josh Richardson, 2 of 7, Maxi Kleber, 2 of 7. They were doing a really, really good job of rotating, closing out to shooters, just doing all the fundamental defensive stuff that may not show up exactly the box score, but is so, so important. Uh, and you could tell with a guy like Mikhail Bridges and with a guy like Jay Crowder, uh, I expect them to continue to play some excellent wing defense, and they're doing that so far. And then Mikhail is looking better on the offensive side of the ball as well. He's been really, just really solid at the beginning of the season. He put up 18 in the, this one, hit four of his seven threes. He's definitely continuing to improve a lot as a shooter, which is the part of his game that I always just wanted to see be better because I thought that could just truly unlock him into being a, a really special 3 and D player. And I just like to see that the Suns 
at this point of the season, they've won all types of games. They won a more offensive game in their most recent game against the Kings. Uh, they lost a gritty close game, but they also won a really gritty close game against a good Mavericks team. Uh, I just think the Suns are a very, very solid basketball team at the end of the day. Uh, and I've been impressed with how they're playing in the early season. Last, I want to talk about the Mavericks beating the Los Angeles Clippers by 51 points. This was one of the craziest games I've seen in a long, long while. Uh, I did expect the Mavericks to win this one. They had some really rough momentum going into this one. And then with the Clippers missing Kawhi, I'm like, this is a must win for the Mavericks. They're going to pull out this win. But Lord, did I not expect this to be a 51-point win by any means uh, at halftime the Clippers were down 50 it was a really really rough performance from them they just kind of struggled in all facets of the game like they really struggled to shoot hit four of 33 threes uh, only shot 12.1 percent overall that's just atrocious Paul George was not good in this game at all scored 15 points missed all six of his threes but I can't even blame it that much on him because guys were just missing shots at the end of the day Luke Kennard who's been a deadly shooter ever since he's came in the league three of 11 one for six from three Serge Ibaka missed all four of his threes like it was a rough performance as a whole they were not rotating on defense well they were getting hooked by the Mavericks Josh Richardson was going off on them hit uh, four of his eight threes scored 21 points as a whole Luka was killing them driving to the basket which is where Luka really thrives at he's such an elite finisher uh, put up nine rebounds and eight assists as well now in the in the grand scheme of things does this really mean anything for the Clippers no, not really. Like, it's it's a bad look for them. Do not get me wrong by any means. But they're missing their best player, Kawhi, due to the injury he sustained in the last game. Um, and this is game three of the season. But I do think this is a big win for the Mavericks. Because this is a team that started off 0-2, had some pretty disappointing losses. They got blew out by the Lakers and then had a really close and frustrating loss to the, uh, to the Phoenix Suns. So they needed to get some momentum going, especially without Kristaps Porzingis. They needed to just get some momentum rolling. They need to start winning some games. And that's what they did here. They're 1-2 now in the season. Kristaps is going to be coming back before we know it i think he's uh, scheduled to come back early january and i think that's going to be the true big difference maker for this team becoming one of the best teams in the nba i'm super high on this roster even when they lost their first two games I'm like Kristaps is out they were really struggling to shoot the ball their offense which we all know how good it can be just wasn't looking the same so, yeah, I still think this Mavericks team can be really special. And I think this can be the start of it. Them just getting a solid win over a team that should have performed a lot better than they did. Just them blowing them out, getting some momentum rolling. And I think they're going to go on a streak and start playing some really good basketball. Excited to see Chris House back, and I'm excited to see what the Mavericks can do. Now, I want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars who now have officially secured the number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft as the Browns did end up losing to the Jets which was just crazy and the Jaguars lost to the Bears this now puts the Jaguars in a very very interesting spot and a spot where I think they could potentially be a solid team uh, sooner rather than later even though they are a 
a roster who has really, really struggled this year and really just doesn't have that much talent on it. The Jaguars have 11 picks in the draft, two firsts, and two seconds. They'll get Trevor Lawrence, who I think is one of the best uh, quarterback prospects and one of the best overall prospects we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, he's one of those players who I'm just so confident he's going to be phenomenal in the league. Uh, he's been put against really tough competition in college. Um, and is just played excellent for uh, Clemson throughout his entire career so far. They have uh, nearly a hundred million dollars in cap space, so they can go after some uh, free agents to uh, help Trevor Lawrence. And then they have some pretty nice young pieces on this roster. James Robinson has been awesome in his rookie season an undrafted free agent who's going to be super cheap for them has played like one of the best running backs in the entire nfl josh allen an elite pass rusher who's going to continue to be one of the better uh, edges in the entire league as he develops uh cj henderson a super promising young quarterback who cornerback who i expect to be very very good for now and in the future i think he has a ton of potential to be an awesome player lavisica chanel a player who uh, got drafted where he did due to injuries but when he's on the field he's a super talented player who can be put in a ton of different roles uh, and i think could be a really good receiver for them dj chark another really really talented receiver who i think is just an awesome player and is going to be great uh, and an awesome web weapon for Trevor Lawrence to hit. Like this Jaguars team could uh, follow the formula of picking a QB in the draft. He while he's still on his rookie contract and you don't have to pay him much, and you can succeed with that. I think they can make some big moves in the draft, get some really really good talent on this roster. They have a ton of areas they need to address, so uh, they're gonna have to nail it in the draft. Do not get me wrong by any means. Like obviously they're gonna get Lawrence, but they're gonna have to make. Uh, a bunch of other really, really good picks to uh, surround him with some good talent. Um, and then they're going to need to make good moves in free agency. Like, th this isn't going to be some easy rebuild by any means because they just lack a lot of talent. And I think this team could uh, turn it around very, very quickly and be good sooner rather than later, which could be a special thing for them. Uh, they could go back to being the team we, we saw where they were very, very good. And this was without them having a, any good quarterback play by any means. So I think you're going to get good quarterback play immediately from Trevor Lawrence. And now that the Jacksonville Jaguars are in a very, very interesting position, I'm super excited to see what happens with them. And I hope this is a quick, quick rebuild because... I think this could be a super fun team next season uh, and then could be a team that is legitimately competing sooner rather than later. So I'm really excited what the future holds for the Jaguars. I think it's good for them that they were really bad this season, that they were able to secure the number one pick because they saw some good things from young players like a James Robinson who they got out of undrafted free agency. And they were able to actually compete in some games early on in the season. So now they can know some of the players they want to keep on this roster, some of the players they want to move on from, and now have the chance to pick up a boatload of talent and be an actual solid roster next season. Really excited for what the future holds for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now I want to get into some games. First game I want to talk about is Dolphins versus Raiders. The Raiders are officially out of the playoffs. It was a fun run. The Raiders have been a really fun team to watch all season, 
But their defense definitely held them back, and they're now 7-8, and going to miss the playoffs. But I think this Raiders team does have a very bright future. I'm super interested to see what happens with the Derek Carr, Carr situation because I think he's a solid quarterback, <laughs> but he makes a lot of mistakes that can be really, really costly at times. And I, I don't think he's good enough by any means for you to just uh, hold on to Derek Carr, but he is on a big contract. So I don't know if anybody's going to really be willing to take that. They do have a super bright young running back at Josh Jacobs, who I think is going to emerge to be one of the best running backs in the entire league. Nelson Aguilar has been awesome for them this year. He's been one of the biggest surprises in all the NFL. Darren Waller has been amazing for them as well. Another another huge surprise. He's just been so, so good. I think Henry Ruggs has crazy potential. I just definitely want to see him get more involved, be less of uh, like a distraction for them, be more of just a weapon that they use. Because a lot of times he's just been used as someone to create space to get to get get other guys open. But I think as an individual weapon, he can be a ridiculous player. They do have some promising players on the defensive side of the ball. That is definitely the thing they're going to need to address most in the draft. I think they could use uh, some more pass rush. I think they could just use a lot on that side of the ball. So. So I'll definitely be interested to see what they do in this draft. And I think that's going to be a key moment for them is if they can nail this draft, they can definitely be like a solidified playoff team next year. Hopefully they can make some moves in free agency as well. But it's been a solid season for them. They definitely have things they need to address, but it's been a fun one. Uh, And then the Dolphins are definitely going to be a playoff team now. They were able to secure that win. It was a crazy game. Took out Tua, which... I understand they're trying to win games or and they're trying to do it uh, in whatever way they think is most effective, but I think you're killing kill to his confidence by not trusting him in these big moments, especially considering the weapon the weapons he has around him. There are so many guys on this roster that are injured. He is basically only his uh, only weapon that is one of the main weapons on this roster is Mike Kosicki, and he's been able to say healthy and he's been awesome but they're having practice squad and backup receivers uh for him to throw to so i i think it's unfair some of the things that Tua Tungvaluwa has been faced with uh but that's completely aside ryan fitzpatrick had that ridiculous touchdown and <laughs> ryan fitzpatrick did help them win this game do not get me wrong by any means uh but i just think at the end at the end of the day it does hurt your young quarterback's confidence when you're taking him out in big moments but ryan fitzpatrick stepped up made that ridiculous throw that everybody saw threw for 182 yards as a whole and a touchdown it was an awesome win for them it was really really exciting they played some really good defense as well uh andrew van ginkle uh had two sacks two tackles for loss jerome baker was able to get a sack and a tackle for loss in there and then jason sanders was huge hit all four of his field goals and was able to hit the game winner for them just an incredible game and Knocked one team out of the playoffs and is putting another team into it. I think the Miami Dolphins could def- definitely be a team that's exciting in the playoffs uh, and could put up a threat to some teams. I don't think they're going to be a team that is like crazy by any means. And I w- wouldn't even be surprised if they lose their fir- first game. But I-, I do think they have a lot of potential in the future and to be a solid uh, playoff team right now. So I'm excited to see what happens with them. Now talking about Rams versus Seahawks. The Seahawks were able to pick up a really, really big win here. They are now 
now 11 and 4, the clear number one team in this division, at least record wise, as the Rams lost that game to the Jets and now lost this game here, which is just so big for the Seahawks, especially because the Cardinals are kind of falling apart. Uh, Russell Wilson was very good in this one, completed. Completed 20 of 32 passes, 225 yards, and a touchdown. Chris Carson averaged 4.3 yards on the ground. Uh, Russell Wilson was able to get a rushing touchdown in there. Uh, DK Metcalf had six receptions for 59. David Moore uh, had 45. Tyler Lockett had 44. They didn't throw a crazy amount uh, for a crazy amount of yards, but they just spread the wealth pretty evenly and then did a good job of not turning over the ball uh, really at all. So... Uh, they just played an effective game on offense, just did what they needed to do, and then played some very good defense. Uh, they were able to hold the Rams to nine points. Uh, Jerron Reed was able to get two sacks of this one. Uh, Alton Robinson got a sack as well. They were doing a good job of pressuring Jared Goff, making things difficult for for him. Quandre Diggs got an interception where Jared Goff just threw one of the one of the weirdest balls I've ever seen. Like. <laughs> Jared Goff is one of those players who is so frustrating for me to watch because I see the talent and he makes some really good plays at, at points, but sometimes he also just makes boneheaded plays. That interception was atrocious. Uh, his uh, status is up for question as he had a thumb injury uh, that they're somewhat worried about, so that'll definitely be huge going into this last week. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I'm super interested to see what his status is uh, for next game. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully they can win that game and be a playoff team. Uh, Daryl Henderson had a good game. Averaged 5.2 on the ground. Got 62 yards. Cooper Cup, 66. Josh uh, uh, Reynolds, 65. Robert Woods, 48. Uh, they, uh, they were just disappointing on the offense side of the ball this game. Really just didn't uh, have an explosive moment at any point. I mean, nine points uh, is just unacceptable. Especially against a division rival where you're playing in such a massive game. Jared got Goff had to be better. I'll excuse uh, some of the end stuff just because of that uh, thumb injury, but he made some very, very poor plays and just he's such a confusing player for me to evaluate. Uh, and yeah, the Seahawks definitely picked up a big, big win uh, in this one and look like the best team in their division. So this was a huge game for them. Last game I'm going to talk about is Colts versus Steelers. The Steelers were able to pick up a big 20. 28 to 24 win this would have been a really really bad look for them if they lost this game as that would have had four losses in a row and that would have been the worst momentum possible going into the playoffs and it looked like that it was 24 to 7 at one point it was looking really really rough uh, but they were able to come back they played some great great offense uh, at the end of the game especially in the fourth quarter getting 14 points that was so massive for them as uh, Ben Roethlisberger really struggled uh, early on in the game but did uh, get 342 yards and three touchdowns uh, James Conner only rushed the ball five times but did get a touchdown in there uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had 96 yards in the touchdown Deontay Johnson had 75 yards in the touchdown uh, that touchdown was a beautiful ball from Big Ben definitely got to give him a lot of credit on that uh, Chase Claypool got 54 yards Eric Ebron 47 in the TD James Conner got involved out of the backfield had 45 yards, and even though I'd definitely like to see them uh, switch up their playbook a little bit more, as I feel like they run a lot of the same plays consistently. I feel like it's a lot of a lot of slants, a lot of halfback uh, dive, and a lot of like wide receiver screens. Uh, they did play some pretty good offense, and especially again in 
uh, where it mattered the most uh, at the end of the game. So definitely got to give him credit for that. Uh, Mike Hilton got an interception. Avery William was able to get a sack. TJ Watt had two sacks, forced a big fumble, which was just absolutely massive for them. Uh, gave them basically a free score. TJ Watt is just such a beast. It's definitely going to be a player who's firmly in defensive player of the year uh, contention. Uh, he's had an awesome year so far, and it's been a big reason why this defense is so good. Phillip Rivers had 22 completions for 30 uh, on 35 attempts for 270 yards, one touchdown, one interception, threw multiple balls that easily could have been an interception. Phillip Rivers is one of those players that's so frustrating to watch because he just makes me cringe so frequently with some of these throws that he makes because uh, sometimes he just sees things that are absolutely not there, and he forces things so, so often. So he's definitely a frustrating player to watch. Uh, and their offense really stalled in the second half when it mattered the most. Only scored three points, and all of those came in the third quarter. So definitely has to be better uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And that is the thing I do worry about the Colts. Like, they're a really good defense, but I'm not super confident in their offense by any means. And that's mostly due to Phillip Rivers. Jonathan Taylor was awesome in this one. Uh, average 4.1 uh, uh, yards per carry. Uh, had 74 yards and two touchdowns. Naheem Hines averaged 5.5 yards and was able to get 44 on the ground. Zach Paschal had 64 yards and a touchdown. That was a beautiful ball from Phillip Rivers. T.Y. Hillen had three uh, receptions for 60 yards. Zach Doyle, four receptions for 50. Overall, their offense, again, just stalled when it mattered the most. Phillip Rivers did have that fumble uh, that I talked about earlier that was really, really big for them. They did play some solid defense, especially in that first half where they were locking up the Steelers. But they kind of collapsed in the second half where they scored uh, 21, and especially in that fourth quarter. where the. Uh, but I can't really blame the defense that much because I, I think it was more just the offense letting them down and consistently giving the Steelers opportunities. Uh, but yeah, definitely a huge win for the Steelers and a pretty important loss for the Colts as well. That has been the episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. Ben Michael, peace out.